Let us pray. We thank you for the message of music which speaks to our hearts and enters our soul and spirit in a way, Lord, that few other things do. Thank you for the gift of your word that speaks to our life and our situations, our struggles, our sins, that helps us to deal with them in a way that hard to otherwise. So Lord, as we come this morning, we come to focus on you. Take the focus off of me, take the focus off of that here that our focus is on you. Give us ears to hear and hearts to feel. In your name I pray. Amen. This week has been heavy and hard. The events have demanded a lot of our emotions and consumed our time. It began at the beginning of the week with the presidential election. People concerned not really just on who would win, but with what would the reaction of the other side be. And it took us four days to hear the result. Lurking in the background is this coronavirus. Highest number of cases recorded in many states. It's like a fog that's creeping in. We never know when or where it will strike, but it's getting closer and closer to home. All the while, we desperately yearn for normalcy, activity, some type of social interaction. My mind continued this week to meditate on the verses that I shared with you on Wednesday from Hebrews. Chapter 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 12, Jesus Christ is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. How is God ever going to perfect these situations? And then it hit me. My focus was all wrong. It's not the situation he will perfect. It's me. Thus I need to refocus my eyes. Fixing them on Jesus. That's really what I want us to do today is to focus more on the person of Jesus and his role and his roles and his functions, especially as HP. We all have titles that define us. Preacher, dad, husband, father, reverend, doctor. What are some titles that define who you are? Are. Anybody? Human? Say it again, Bob. Disciple? 
teacher, Mr., Mrs., CC, teacher. Online, you can post it. We all have those, those titles that define who we are. In businesses, you see that. In organizations, you see there's CEOs, there's VPs, there's supervisors, there's managers. And what do we have that talks about those titles? Some people have business cards, though it's mostly social media pages now. It made me begin to think, what about Jesus? What titles would be listed on his LinkedIn page? What abbreviations on his business card would come before or after his name? There are at least three titles or offices. There's many more, but in which Jesus functioned. A prophet. He spoke God's word. He spoke on behalf of God. A king. Speaking of authority and understanding his kingdom. And then a priest. A mediator. A mediator between us and God and ultimately the one true sacrifice. Do you ever think of Christ as priest? Do you ever consider him as your priest? Today I find myself in the need of a priest. Not just any priest, but Christ our high priest. His role has eternal significance for us and is a powerful model of how we can, in our own life, deal with the issues that arise and distract us from our faith. The book of Hebrews, once again, helps us. So I invite you to join me by turning to the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, beginning in Hebrews 4, verse 14. For those here, I hope you'll pull out your devices to look at God's Word. For you online, grab your Bible or whatever it is in which you read God's Word and let us share it together. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one in whom every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Every high priest chosen from among mortals, is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God, just as Aaron was so also christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest but was appointed by the one who said to him you are my son today i have begotten you you are a priest forever as he says also in another place according to the order of Melchizedek. in the days of his flesh jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. 
and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. An English woman was planning a trip to Germany. She was registered to stay in a small guest house that was owned by the local schoolmaster and his wife. The traveler was concerned about whether or not there was a WC on site. You know what a WC is, right? A water closet, a, a bathroom. The schoolmaster, though, was not fluent in English or English traditions, and so he went to the local priest to try to find out what this lady meant by a WC. And so they contemplated the meaning until they came up that she must be referring to a wayside chapel. Apparently, they concluded the lady wanted to know if there is a wayside chapel near the house. And so the schoolmaster wrote the following reply to the English lady. My dear madam... I take great pleasure in informing you that the WC is situated nine miles from the house in the center of a beautiful grove of pine trees surrounded by lovely grounds. It is capable of holding 229 people and it is open on Sundays and Thursdays only. As there are a great number of people expected during the summer months, I suggest that you come early, although usually there's plenty of standing room. This is an unfortunate situation, especially if you're in the habit of going regularly. It may be in some interest to you to know that my daughter was married in the WC, and it was there that she met her husband. I can remember the rush there was for seats. While there are 10 people to every seat, usually occupied by one, it was wonderful to see the expressions on their faces. You'll be glad to hear that a good number of people bring their lunch and make a day of it while others wait until the last minute and arrive just on time. I would especially recommend your ladyship to go on Thursdays when there's organ accompaniment. The acoustics are excellent and even the most delicate sounds can be heard everywhere. The newest addition is a bell, which rings every time a person enters. A bazaar is being held to provide plush seats for all since the people feel it is long needed. My wife has been ill, and so she hasn't been able to go recently. It's also been a year since she went last, which naturally pains her very much. I shall be delighted to reserve the best seat for you, where you shall be seen by all. In fact, I look forward to escorting you there myself. With kindest regards, the schoolmaster. Sometimes titles or abbreviations can be misunderstood. We're not sure what they mean. We get the wrong impression about them. We might even label someone by their title or only see a person that one way. And that's happened a lot in our political season we've been through. We forget that they might be a father or a brother, a sister or a mother. What about the store employee? What about the customer service person who helps you and you get frustrated with because they're not able to help you? We forget sometimes that they are more than just an employee. We have to be careful not to look at Jesus in just one way. 
That's unfair to him and what he came here to offer and share with us. I don't want to put one title just to Jesus' name, but I want us to better understood a very important role and the significance that role has for us. So again, we look at the book of Hebrews. By Jesus Christ, HP, if you saw the title of the sermon today, I'm not referring that Jesus was an executive at Hewlett Packard. I'm not saying he's a Harry Potter fan. I'm not talking about his horsepower or maybe his homepage. But I'm talking about Jesus as high priest. A priest was one who served in the temple, carrying out the rituals and sacrifices on behalf of the people. Before a priest could sacrifice, they had to offer a sacrifice for their own sins. Jesus was not just a priest. He was a perfect priest. The high priest. He did not have to sacrifice for his own sins. His role was to bring the voice of God to humanity. And to bring humanity into the presence of God. And he had this perfect relationship between God and humanity. Today's scripture tells us at least three things about Jesus' role as high priest. And I hope you catch these today. First, he talks about his greatness. His greatness was not determined by a title or degree given by an individual or institution. Christ is great in his nature by his own self, by who he was. He was not elected or chosen by the people. He came from God himself. He was one who has, as verse 14 tells us, passed through the heavens. And one on whom we can trust and rely on. The second thing I want us to learn about Jesus' role as high priest is empathy. Jesus, as a perfect high priest, can identify with our struggles and sins. Now, I struggle with that. I struggle with how can Christ identify with my struggles and sins, for he didn't have any. And that's not true. He did. He was able to get through them without giving in to them. He went through everything we go through. We might think, oh, but he didn't have the struggles we have today. You're right. I think his were worse. A word that describes one who understands what we're going through is empathy. That's what Jesus had, and that's what he offers us. Even amidst presidential elections and pandemics. Talking about Jesus and God in this way is a new understanding of who God is. In a time that this scripture was written, the Greek culture understood that humanity and God were separate. God was untouchable. But this picture that the author of Hebrews begins to offer for us is about a personal relationship. One who knows, one who understands. One perhaps that they had never heard before. As we in this season yearn for normalcy. As we yearn for nurturing social interactions, do we also yearn for a nurturing, empathetic relationship, a personal relationship with God? We don't have to leave our house. We don't have to use a phone. We don't have to know how to hook up the computer to access it. You know, I've missed this year having the opportunity to gather in person with other ministers. 
Part of the joy is what we learn together and especially the worships that are nurturing when we gather in person is what I'm talking about. Another part is being with people that understands what it means to be a minister and the challenges and the burdens that you carry. It's empathy. It's probably the same for you and whatever profession you're in or you have been in or whatever role that you're in today that consumes and takes up much of your time and your energy and your emotion. Jesus Christ as high priest understands the challenges we have and the burdens that we face. We learn about Jesus' greatness and empathy in his role as high priest. We also learn that he can help us. Look at verse, verse 16 of chapter 4. Because he understands and has been there before, he can help. He knows it all. He's been down the road before. All you and I have to do is ask. Ask. By understanding Jesus Christ, HP, we can now look at his example to help us work through the struggles and every sin that we face in our life. Verse 14 reminds us to hold fast to our confessions. To hold fast to our confession. Because Jesus understands and identifies and has been tested. We can participate in confession and repentance. It's a discipline. It's a cleansing and a refocusing for us. And verse 16 reminds us, as Jocelyn shared in the children's moment. To approach the throne of grace with boldness. The throne of grace with boldness. And as a result, we receive mercy and grace to help in a time of need. So what did Christ do? As we look in chapter 5, we begin to see what Christ did. It's specifically verse 7. That he offered up prayers and supplications and submitted himself to God. When we go before God, it's not just enough to submit our struggles and our sins. We must submit our whole and then in verse 8 we learn from what we suffer through right sound familiar your parents ever say you know this builds character this builds obedience it was hard to hear that but it did as children of God he wants us to build character and learn obedience that's how he perfects our faith the result, in verse 9, Christ is the source of our eternal salvation. Why? Because he's the designated high priest by God. Back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. He answered the ad in the newspaper. He entered a large, busy office that was filled with all sorts of noise and clatter, and you could even hear the telegraph machine clicking in the background. A sign on the receptionist's counter instructed job applicants to fill out the form and wait until they're summered in to the inter-office. The young man filled out his form, sat down, looked around, and there were seven other applicants in the waiting room. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the door to the inter-office and entered in. As he did this, the other applicants naturally perked up, smirked, laughed a little, thought, ah, he's going to get disqualified. He doesn't know what he's doing. No one summoned him yet. Within a few moments, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, gentlemen, 
Thank you very much for being here today. But the job has been filled. And you can imagine what these other applicants did. They began to grumble. And one spoke up saying, wait a minute. I don't understand. He was the last one to come in. We haven't even had a chance to interview. And you offered him the job already? That's just not fair. And the employer said, I'm sorry. But all the time you have been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you here heard it or understood it. This young man did. And so the job is his. I think that's what we are facing today. There's so much noise. There's so much clatter and confusion that is being presented out there. There's so many distractions that the mood sometimes is heavy. There's much demanded of our emotions and sometimes we get frustrated and sometimes it doesn't even seem to be fair. These struggles mess with us. They eat up our time. They distract our focus. I think today it is ever so important for us to be clear in whom Jesus is. And let us live as people who approach the throne of grace with boldness and seek to submit ourselves to the one who understands and promises to help because he's the perfect high priest amidst our sins and our struggles. So one final word this morning. Jesus gives to all who follow him as a high priest a new title. A Christian. A follower, a redeemed one, a forgiven sinner, a disciple, as somebody said earlier. Let us live so that people not only recognize and see and know our new title, but can see that they match who we really are. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious Lord, we are grateful for, in the midst of this week we have been, for whatever emotions that we have felt, for whatever roller coaster rides we have been on, for the burdens that we carry, whether it's from outside or from the inside, whether it's from work or from school or from home. Lord, we recognize that you know and understand all this and that you seek ready and waiting to be our priest, to hold us, to care for us, to comfort us, to remind us that you are ever present and to direct us forward. So Lord, help us to ask, help us to be bold, Help us to be open to your grace and mercy. Help us, Lord, to recognize you. Fix our eyes, Lord. Take them off of ourselves and our problems and our struggles. Take them off the world. Place them on you. We can't do it alone. In your name we pray. Amen.